everyone. Welcome to Various Things. I'm Gary Lama. Today we're talking with musician Allison Self. I saw Allison perform a few years back and was amazed by both her talent and her songs. She plays a type of music that could be described as old time, but also has a newness in her lyrics and approach to subjects that makes her songs both refreshing as well as fun to listen to. I had a good time talking with Allison and learning more about her and her music. I hope you enjoy our conversation as well. This interview is split up into three parts. This is part one. Enjoy. I guess the first time I ever saw you was, uh, saw you at the wing nut. I think that's the only time I've ever seen you. And I was blown away because you, you're, you're coming from this position of, um, like that, that kind of, almost Appalachian, like, um, like that old country, like that country that, um, that people used to play on their porch. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, (laughs) yeah, yeah. But it stylistically, it, 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 uh, it really caught me off guard because a lot of the times that you'll see someone like, uh, playing at some of these, um, uh, anarchist houses or something like that, they'll generally be, more like folk punky or something like that. You're playing yeah. like this straight up um, music. Like, when did you get exposed to that kind of music? It kind of like was a slow crawl uh-huh. for me. Like, um, I didn't grow up with any musicians in my family necessarily. Uh, or I guess not necessarily. Like, there are basically no musicians in my family that I know of. I think my grandma showed me a picture of like a distant cousin with a guitar from like the 50s and like that's probably about it um so I got into old music kind of via um musicals and old movies okay Uh, I was an only child and so I would spend a lot of time just like going to the library and uh, renting these like Gene Kelly and Judy Garland movies and just being like oh my fucking god this is amazing like I want to learn how to tap dance and I grew up singing just for whatever fucking reason I just sung from the time that I could talk um, and my family, like, encouraged me. They thought it was cute and whatever. Um, but so I kind of, like, watched old movies and was like, oh, Judy Garland. And then from Judy Garland found, you know, uh, Connie Francis and Josephine Baker and kind of just, like, uh, there was a website at the time. Like, I had the Internet, too, and so as an only child, it's like you just, like, I just sat at the computer and, like, researched stuff and downloaded music on Napster. <laughs> right. And, uh, Napster. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And there's a website called, uh, I think it's still up, it's Red Hot Jazz, and it just has all these recordings of 20s and 30s, uh, like early 1900s jazz. And I would just be like, oh my fucking God. And that's how I found Buffy Smith. Um, and from there, um, you know, growing up, getting into like the punk scene, I had mm-hmm. friends who were, you know, like, we were, like, country as fuck. Like, my friends loved, uh, you know, Hank Sr. and Chuck Berry and, like, just kind of, like, they all played punk music, but they kind of had that, like, rock and roll, like, country thing that they also were into. And so I found, you know, Chuck Berry and Hank Sr. and Charlie Poole and Waylon Jennings, and it just kind of, like, took off from there. It just, like, never, I never stopped, like, looking up to that music and stopped, you know, I never stopped, like, looking for more, and that's, how I'm here, I guess. Did you ever get a desire to, like, try and play punk music or anything like that? Oh, totally. Like, I tried to start a punk band with 
my boyfriend and our two friends when I was like 16, mm-hmm. and I think we had one practice, and it was, <laughs> you know, I was just like, oh, we're going to play a punk band, and I had like, no, I was only singing at that point, and, you know, my friend could barely play bass, and then we just like never practiced ever again. <laughs> That's the story like, of many a punk this. band, I think. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I'll leave this to the professionals or the not professionals, the people who can actually play their instruments. <laughs> so, when did you decide to like actually start playing the music that you're playing now? Um, it was I was probably about seventeen or eighteen, mm-hmm. and still living uh, down in like Matoka, where I'm from, near uh, Petersburg. Okay. And uh, my friend Jock was always playing music and being like, hey, have you heard of this guy? Hey, listen to this guy. And we'd, like, go get drunk at his house out in Dinwiddie and, like, go for rocks at the trains down the street and just, like, general tomfoolery. Um, but one time he played me um, this record from Janet Klein, and she's, like, a recent artist from California, and she plays ukulele and sings. But she sounds like she's straight out of, like, the 1920s. And I was listening to that, and I was like, God damn it, like, if she can do that, like, I want to fucking do that. Like, I'm sick of waiting people to, like, start bands with me. Because I kind of played washboard and, like, a jug band with uh, that friend of mine. And it just, we bust, like, uh, out on the city streets, like, a few times. But it just never really, like, went anywhere. And I was just, like, I'm really impatient. I'm an impatient person. I'm going to go fucking buy a ukulele and see what I can do. And so I did. <laughs> wow. So that's... Yeah. So you started playing ukulele at 17? 17, 18, it was like, oh, I think 2005 was when I bought it, uh-huh. um, and I kind of kicked around with it, would, like, play it in my room, and, like, around, I guess, the next year, like, I would, um, I would drive to Carytown and, like, bust. Wow. Like, yeah, I'm going to do it. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's so funny. I think about it now, and I remember just, like, sitting there. I only knew, like, four songs, but I'd be sitting there with, like, the chord sheets in front of me, and I'm just like, why did anyone ever give me money? <laughs> wow. And so, do you play guitar, too? Yeah, I started playing guitar in um, 2010? 20, yeah, like the winter of 2010. Wow, so you've only been playing for four years. God. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and, and on your recordings, because I, yeah, I, I, I listened to some of your recordings, and I think the show I, I saw you play it, you just played ukulele. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I listened, and, and it, you know, it sounded perfectly fine. You know, nothing was like mm-hmm. sticking out. I mean, it sounded good. Um, wow, so you've only been playing guitar for four years. That's. Do, do you? Was it naturally? Were you naturally like? able to sing and play simultaneously? Was that easy for you, or is that something you had a difficult time with? It actually was. Like, when I picked up ukulele, um, I don't know, for whatever reason, like, I feel like I've always had a pretty good sense of rhythm. Uh Uh-huh. And so that wasn't something, like, I don't know, I feel like rhythm is you either have it or you have to really, like, try hard to learn it. Right. So it's like a muscle, um, and you you don't think about it, you just, or I just kind of, like, did it. So Mm -hmm. I never had a hard core problem of playing and singing at the same time. It was, for me, like, uh, learning chord shapes. Okay. And, like, my fingers are, like, tiny, and I, you know, like, it took me, like, a year to learn how to play a bar chord on the ukulele, and I still can't do it on the guitar, um, but that's been, like, a struggle. (laughs) It's, like, getting my fingers to fucking, like, do what I want them to do. And that's why I didn't play guitar for a long time, because, you know, my boyfriend had one when I was 16, and 
he like left it at my house for a few days and I picked it up and was like, I'm going to learn the guitar. It was like an acoustic and I think he had like heavy strings on it and I just was like, man, fuck this. This sucks. Yeah, it's very daunting. You know, they they always tell kids that are going to like, when if you're a kid and you're starting out to learn on the acoustic guitar mm-hmm. rather than the electric. And I've never understood that because I learned on electric and it's so much easier to learn yeah. the basics of it. I think that yeah. puts a lot of people off. I think the thing is, like, you want to get that finger strength up. Yeah. Because it is really important. And it's like, um, when I, I don't know, this is maybe a bad comparison, but, like, I have a cosmetology license. And so mm-hmm. I went to cosmetology school when I was in high school. And one of the first fucking things they teach you is how to do finger waves and how to do pin curls. And that shit sucks. But it teaches you how to, like, use your hands. Mm-hmm. And so anything that comes after that is just like cake. Uh, yeah. I you know? I, I kind of did the same thing once I started playing guitar more. I'd put like 13-gauge strings on my electric. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then when I'd go to nines, it would be like perfect. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you can do it. air. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, so did you encounter any resistance like when you when – because you, you're, you're playing this like really folky country. Um and so most of your social circle was probably more punk kids at that time and that kind of thing. Were they accepting of it or, or did you kind of have to go outside of that to get shows? Yeah, people were like into it. Um, it's weird because like I don't want to sound like a like elitist or something when mm-hmm. I like, say this. But like so when I started playing the ukulele, like I didn't know anyone else who played it. Like I wasn't like – I wasn't keyed into, like, any scene, or mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about, like, you know, with the, with the exception of, like, lurking other musicians on MySpace. Right. <laughs> like, I didn't really know what was going on. I didn't have an idea that there was, like, like, I couldn't conceptualize that there was a scene of people who were, like, playing old-time music and were punks, or mm-hmm. were, like, punks who were playing honky tonk, or just people in general who were just, like, doing that as, like, a a full-time thing, um, and it was just kind of, at first, like, a fun thing to do. It was a way to pass time. I was, like, traveling, and so it was easy to take with me, um, but I met a bunch of kids in Asheville in, like, 07, and they, like, all played old-time and, like, were kind of, like, crusty, like, old-time traveler kids, and I was like, oh, my God, like, you do exist. <laughs> wow. And so that was really cool, and that was one of the first times that I was like, whoa, there's, like, other young people doing this, and they're fucking good. Yeah. And it wasn't folk funk, because, like, I've never been super into folk funk. Like, I could talk about it for hours, but it's a whole other can of worms. Like, I like Mm -hmm. some of it, but it's, like, like, these kids actually, like, could play their instruments, like, could sing. Like, it was just, like, it killed me. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) But, um... So that was cool. And, like, the people that I played with and around town in Richmond, like, I guess in late 06 and early 2007, 8, like, when I was just playing house shows and I'd do, like, Gallery 5 or something here and there, like, people were into it. I don't know. I think the ukulele is something that people are just like, wee! (laughs) Yeah. Well, I remember hearing it. It's such a... It's such a happy sounding instrument, you know, like mm-hmm. it, it's hard to, it'd be pretty hard to hate on a ukulele, I think, to a certain extent, unless it's like that Hawaiian mm-hmm. thing, you know, if, it, if it's done in kind of a jest. 
Yeah, it just, yeah, it depends. I know people who are like, I fucking hate the ukulele. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and that concludes part one of our three-part interview with Allison. All of our episodes are available at variousthings.org. This interview was recorded on October 2nd, 2014. things in our interview with Allison Self. This is part two of our three-part interview with Allison. Enjoy. What do you think it is about the, like, playing that kind of old-time music that connects with people that are, um, like, that, that might idealistically find themselves in punk? Is it do you have any idea about like, what that thread might be? I don't know. Like, I've actually, this is a question that's come up multiple times when I've been interviewed, and mm-hmm. I just think that it's, like, raw. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of it is really, like, raw, and it's just, like, pure in a way. Not mm-hmm. like it's innocent, but it's just, like, it's straight up, like, I feel like shit. I want to drink myself to death. Like, or, you know, and, like, there's lots of happy country music, too, but I think when people think of, like, honky-tonk, they think of, like, beer in my beer, kind of yeah. like that bastard country music, which is a lot of it. Um, and I don't know. I think that people just like that rawness, maybe. I can't really, I don't know. It's hard to hard to speak to, like, what other people are attracted to. I think, like, through the years, the media has, like, done a really good job of, like, um, kind of, like, you know, forming these, like, ideas and, like, images. Like, if someone says honky-tonk, someone's going to think, like, certain things based on what they've been, like, exposed to or told. Um, Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. It's super interesting. I'm sure that there's probably, like, essays that people have written about it. (laughs) (laughs) Like, political ideals or um, just ways of living or something? Yeah, I don't know. Probably all of it. Because, like, when I was... um, like, most of the music that I play isn't very, like, political, mm-hmm. like the country music and stuff, and it was never about doing, like, it was never for me about putting my, like, politics into music, because that was a way for me that I was, like, not, like, escaping my political work that I was doing at the time, but it was just, like, it was it was separate in a way. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, but I do, like, I like to play murder ballads where, like, women kill men and shit like that, you know. Um, And there's, like, you know, Loretta Lynn has some, like, sassy-ass songs, you know, about, like, getting birth control for the first time and, like, how she's, like, a single mom in Topeka and, like, she's, like, got all these kids on the way and, like, women are marching for, like, women's lib and she's, like, I'm about to have a baby. Like, when are you going to come liberate me? You know, just shit like that. Um, So that's really cool and I think that Loretta Lynn is one of the people who have done, like, a really great job of putting politics like that into country music. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting. It's, I don't know. It's cool. So you're doing a lot of tours now, right? Um, yeah, well, I actually just got off tour. I was 
touring kind of like, not like nonstop every day, but I was on tour pretty consistently for about a year, like in 2013, like mm-hmm. 2012, 2013, up until like April, May of this year. And you had mentioned earlier that you used to travel a lot. So you you generally just like to be out on the road, yeah? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, what is it about that, that that appeals to you? I think that, um, I don't know, I really just like seeing new places. Like, as a kid, I, uh, I never, like, went on vacation or anything when I was growing up. Like, my family was, like, too broke and dysfunctional to, like, want to go on a vacation with each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I never, like, traveled when I was younger. You know, the first time I ever left Virginia to go north. It wasn't me going to, like, Virginia Beach or, like, the Outer Banks in North Carolina. Like, I went to New York when I was, like, 18, 19. Um, and after that, I was just, like, I really need to, like, travel. I really need to, like, see the United States and, like, play music and meet people and, like, make connections and, like, just live my life, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, that's such an interesting thing to travel and play music because it's like you can kind of go into this area that you're not really familiar with but then do something that you're comfortable with there mm-hmm. it's like with with a purpose you can visit yeah that's pretty that's pretty interesting that's um amazing <laughs> it really is so are you on a label or do you self-release yourself or um i'm on a diy label uh mm-hmm. with my friend Brownbird bird relic who's been like kind of taking a break from music stuff, but he started it a few years ago, and it's called Railtone, and there's, like, I think, like, eight to ten people on it, and it's kind of more of, like, a collective. Uh, we have this joke that we're more of a gang. <laughs> right. Um, and, you know, he, like, it's basically, like, we just release stuff with the Railtone name, and, like I said, he's been taking a break from stuff, so we've been, like, the label side of things has been inactive, but it's something that we've talked about, like, taking to the next level, but I think that we're all just super busy and trying to keep our heads above water with our own, like, projects. Mm-hmm. Um, but for now, it's like a, it's a label in the simplest sense. <laughs> <laughs> what it would be the next level for y'all? I think it'd be really great if we could um, put money into, like, paying to help each other, like, release albums and, like, actually pay to, like, have them recorded well. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, whatever, like, look good, good packaging and stuff. Because um, most of the stuff that we've all put out up to this point has been, like, pretty DIY with the exception of a few of us. So, which is fine. We're into DIY, but it's, like, it'd be nice to not have to, like, spend 20 hours, like, you know, packaging, folding <laughs> and cutting your own and, like, writing on your own CDs. Right. kind of makes you crazy after you do it for five years, you know. So are you – so you're selling primarily CDs? Yeah, I would love to make vinyl. Like, I have, like, dreams about making vinyl. <laughs> it's so <laughs> expensive. It's so expensive. And I know that, like, I don't know, CDs don't really sell um, a lot of the time. I'm noticing, like, over the past couple years. Um, and so I think the goal for me personally is, like, do a vinyl with a digital download. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I'd like to do a cassette just for fun because I think cassettes are cool mm-hmm. um, just little pet projects like that but I would really love to do vinyl do digital downloads and like digital releases and stuff and just fucking 
maybe have CDs if people want it. Like, for, I don't know, like, older people really like CDs. Yeah. <laughs> like, I notice a lot of, like, people in their, like, 50s and stuff will, like, buy CDs, which is cool. I need that. So, <laughs> thanks, old people. So, do you, like, use, like, services, like, is your music on things like Spotify or anything like that, or is Not it? Not yet. I've just been, like, slacking um, and haven't put it up. I don't even have my shit on iTunes. I have a Bandcamp, um, and that's been really helpful. Mm-hmm. Bandcamp is really cool. Um, I'd like to put my stuff up on Spotify and stuff. Eventually, I just, like, it's on the list of, like, things that I want to do. Right. And I'm like, oh, what am I going to I'm a really bad attention fan. <laughs> <laughs> like, how long do I have to sit in front of a fucking computer to do this? All right, let me have a beer and come back to it. So, kind of jumping backwards a little bit, um, mm-hmm. when you started traveling when you were younger, uh, what was the impetus for that? I just kind of, like, wanted to go. Right. You know, um, I just wanted to get the fuck out of... Virginia and, like, see what was going on and, like, just meet people. Um, I don't know. It was pretty just, like, typical. <laughs> so I wanted to see see America, man, you know? Like, I was, like, in a relationship that had just ended and was, like, super depressed and, like, was just, like, man, I was, like, working a full-time job um, as a hairstylist and I was, like, not really happy and didn't like my living situation. And I was like, man, fuck this. Like, I'm going to quit my job and just, like, be a bum for a few months, <laughs> you know. Um, Did I don't you... know. I think... Uh, sorry, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say that I think, um, like, you know that book, Evasion? Which book? Evasion? No. There's, like, a zine and then Crime Think put out a book. It's about this dude, this, like, oh, okay, white dude, yeah. and he, like... Right. He goes out traveling and hops trains, and he's, like, super classist and just, like, kind of an asshole. And I read that when I was younger, and I was like, yeah, whatever, because he talks about dumpster diving and shit. And, like, I think for a lot of kids, dumpster diving and, like, traveling and being poor was something that was, like, a novelty. Because they, like, I don't know, I think a lot of people who, like, read that book, like, came from money. Right. Um, And I don't. And so when I read that book, I was just like, yeah, join the fucking club asshole. <laughs> <laughs> was that after you'd been traveling that you'd read that book? This is before. And oh, okay. I was kind of like, but it was a good read because it was like super, you know, like just epic. Like we watched the sun rise on the abandoned building and ate dumpster bagels and rose right. cream and blah, 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 which is like awesome. Cool. Like Crime thing's very romantic. They're very good at yeah. putting the romantic yeah. side into it. Yeah. Yeah, but I never, like, I never went traveling because I was trying to, like, escape my suburban life or, like, get off my parents. <laughs> it was just, like, something that seemed like a next step. Like, I wanted to learn how to hot grains. I wanted to learn how to hit dive and go mm-hmm. put myself into situations that were, like, out of my comfort zone in some ways. Right. Do you, do you think that... Did that strengthen you, or were you already pretty strong before you did that? Oh, yeah, dude. It taught me, like, I owe, I feel like I owe half of my, like, I guess, character at this point. And, like, I owe that to traveling and putting myself in those situations and, like, having to just, like, humble myself and depend on strangers for money or, like, a ride or water (laughs) or, like, directions. Yeah. Um, 
you know, and just kind of let go and just, like, let the universe, like, do what the fuck it's going to do and, like, just see what happens. I used to be really afraid of death. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first time I hopped a train, I was like, I could have just died. Wow, I'm I'm probably not a, I'm not afraid of dying anymore. That's cool. <laughs> wow. You know, um, and I think that like that's that was a big turning point. Was like just stop, stop being fucking afraid. Yeah. You know, because like we're we're taught to be just like fucking afraid of everything. And that concludes part two of our three-part interview with Allison. All of our episodes are available at variousthings.org. This interview was recorded on October 2nd, 2014. This is part three of our three-part interview with Allison Self. Enjoy. Putting yourself out there as a musician, as an artist, um, like the, the one thing I, I'm always interested in is how does a person feel that contributes to a better world or something like that. Um, Mm -hmm. Like where do you think music kind of falls into that realm of like making things better at some level? I think that music in a big way, like makes living bearable. Uh, Yeah. Um, And it makes it like, it can be an escape for people. It can be, um, you know, something that people relate to so deeply that they feel connected to me like even though they don't know me but I've you know I've had people come up to me after shows and they have like tears in their eyes and they're like that was so awesome like that song you know XYZ song that you play like really like made me cry and I'm like awesome (laughs) 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 yeah I'm like that's one of my goals is like I want to make you like cry or like I don't know fight or something I don't know something strong some strong uh, reaction but I think it allows people to like connect yeah. On weird levels where it's like, I don't even know someone, but I listen to their record and I like get goosebumps and I'm like, oh my God, I could be like best friends with this person, but maybe not. It's like an idea of someone too, which can be weird. Right. Um, but for what it's worth, I think that that's a really big deal because I think, you know, also it's like people don't feel connected to things in a lot of ways. I don't know. There's like that disconnect. That yeah. happens in everyone's life, you know. Um, so, and I don't know. It's cool. And it makes people dance. It makes people cry. It makes them break shit, drink hard, whatever. It makes them, them want to learn to play music, which is always really cool. Yeah, yeah. It inspires people to do whatever it is that they take from it, which I think is awesome. Are there other things that you're involved in besides uh music like um well, I'm sure there are but I mean like what are some of the what are some of the other things like what do you do in a 
typical month or something, like different types of things or um hmm, let me see. Or like projects you're working on or anything like that. Yeah, um I mean outside of music, um I really like plants, gardening, that kind of stuff. I've really fallen off of doing a lot of that because I've just been so like busy. Mm-hmm. Um but I like gardening and I like getting out to the woods and identifying plants and making medicine out of them sometimes. Um, that's been a really, like, big passion of mine for a number of years. Um, dancing's always fun. <laughs> like, dancing, like, what it's setting? kind of dancing, honestly. Like, uh, I really like swing dancing, but I never get the time to, like, go learn better. Uh, but just, I don't know, sometimes going out to the club and just, like, getting drunk and listening to, like, dirty rap music is a really good, really good outlet. (laughs) (laughs) Which is funny, because, like, people are floored when I'm like, yeah, I mostly listen to, like, honky-tonk and, like, rap music. (laughs) Oh, wow. I I, I wouldn't have pegged you for that. Yeah, I fucking, I don't know, man. Like, I like, I like most types of music, unless we're talking about new metal (laughs) or, like, rap metal. Like, I'm pretty into, like, a lot of stuff. Um, I see it, it all has merit, you know? What is it about rap that you like? It's just fucking raw. Yeah. Like, and I grew up listening to rap music and, like, the radio, and my cousin was super into hip-hop, um, and he thought, he fancied himself a rapper. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) I remember finding, like, a cassette tape of him, like, rapping over this, like, beat, and I was just like, (laughs) and just dying laughing, but, uh, so I can't remember it. That was terrible. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. I think, one of, I think one of the lines was waxing that ass like turtle wax. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. That has the potential to be the worst. It, I mean, <laughs> melodic singing can be pretty bad, too, but there's just uh-huh. something about – because I think with rap, you have to make yourself vulnerable to a certain extent. And so it's even like 10,000 times worse because either like you're not being vulnerable, so it's like just ridiculous – or you are being vulnerable and you're just failing at it miserably. Like it, like if you're a bad yeah. rapper, there's just such a potential for it to be horrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's really interesting. Who? Just out of curiosity, like what what kind of rap do you, do you listen to? Uh, not ashamed. I really like new radio rap in a lot of ways because it's like, like Lil Wayne. Oh yeah, like oh my god, and like just all that shit. You know they call so that far. hashtag rap. <laughs> no, they don't really. Yeah, because like Kanye, Kanye came up with this concept. I think it, it was either him or Jay Z. I can't remember. I was, I was watching an interview with one of them, and they and it might have been something that Kanye had heard from Jay Z and started saying it. But <laughs> the idea is that you know, like, um, you, you say something relating to something, and then you state what it is. So it it would be like, uh, God, I used to be able to come up with these two chains friends right off the top of my head. Oh, um, he'd be like, I know what you mean. He'd be like, I do so and so. I call that blank. Exactly. I spent a lot of years doing like um, when I was doing a lot more political stuff, just like fucking hating on everything. And I was like, yeah. why am I so negative? Like everything doesn't need a critique. <laughs> That's true. Just, like, relax and, like, smoke some weed and, like, listen to fucking shitty radio rap. <laughs> like, 
know, and just like chill out a little bit. And I don't know. I like older stuff too, like a whole lot, like the shit that I listened to growing up, like Three Six Mafia and fucking Salt and Pepper and just I don't know all of it. I like yeah. R and B a lot too. Like it's all my shit. I get down. I get down to everything. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think my critique of rap. I, I grew up like the first rap group I ever got to listen to was like Public Enemy. So my my mm-hmm. critique of rap is it's not Public Enemy. You know, so like yeah. looking at yeah. stuff like like two chains and stuff like that, I'm just like, you have a mic and you're not saying anything. What's up? You know? Oh yeah. Um, but yeah. uh, no, I, I I definitely <laughs> somehow I still like it. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. It's like, you never know. Oh well. <laughs> but um. Like why you like the smell of your own farts? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a very that's a very interesting thing. I think we're yeah, that's definitely like some lo- like very deep level cognitive stuff that we're actually like mm-hmm. programmed. That's probably like survival stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, you're kind of like it. It seems all right. It seems okay because I know when you're sick, you don't. When you're sick, mm-hmm. it's, it's not. You're, you're like, no, that's bad. That's that's definitely <laughs> like what is inside of me right now. Yeah, it's like that's not you know. good. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, go, going forward, like, uh-huh. what do you, what are you aiming for? Like, what's what's the big stuff ha- coming up for you that you're like stoked on? Um, I was a solo artist for ever, <laughs> like mm-hmm. up until like a few years ago. Um, I did mostly solo stuff, and I've really been trying to move away from doing solo stuff. Um, I'm trying to do a full band, trying to, like, get a drummer in line. Uh, it's really hard to find country drummers in Richmond, believe it or not. Everyone already has two other bands that they're playing with. Oh, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's hard, um, because we're all gigging all the time at the same dates and times. Um, so I'm trying to do that. I would really like to do a full band tour for, like, a week or two in the spring. Um, I want to, I just want to, like, tour, and I want to tour, I want to try to do a full band. I think that's like one of the next goals. I've been trying to work on that. Um, and if not a full band, like do like a trio. Because I've only gone on tour with, um, with the exception of the tour that I did in April, May, mm-hmm. with my fiddle player. I've before that I've only gone on tour with another solo artist, or like a three piece or band that I was opening for kind of thing. So I want to go on tour as like a trio or quartet. Um, I don't know. What's exciting about that to you? It's exciting because I don't have to, like, be by myself (laughs) for, like, eight hours. Um, (laughs) It's exciting because you can make more money sometimes. Mm. um, And you can get better shows sometimes. It's all really dependent on where you are and what the venue is. But it's, like, a lot of venues are really hesitant to host a solo artist for a Friday night, you know, what, they want like a band. Well, they want a band that can like get people dancing, like keep the energy up and like fill the room, which I totally understand. Yeah. Um, especially if they're used to booking that kind of music on their weekends. Um, so it'd be nice to be like, Hey, I got a honky tonk band. Like we can fill a three hour slot. Want to pay us 600 bucks? <laughs> like, wow. Yeah. You know, and yeah. that's like the, that's the, the great end of the spectrum. The other end of the spectrum is like, Hey, we're a honky tonk band. We can play for three hours. And they'll be like, okay, we'll give you $200. Right, yeah. And you have to be like, uh, no, or maybe. Like, it depends on how bad you need the money at that point in the tour calendar. And it's just like, it's a fucking clusterfuck trying to figure all that out. But 
It's worth it, I guess. <laughs> And that concludes part three of our three-part interview with Allison Self. I'd like to thank Allison for taking the time to talk with me. I had a great time talking with Allison, and I hope you enjoyed listening to our conversation. All of our episodes are available at variousthings.org. This interview was recorded on October 2nd, 2014. Thanks for listening.